With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Kevin Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by Mr. Tony Bellew, as always. It's been uh, a few weeks since one of the fight camps you were last at. It's been longer than a few weeks, mate. It has, not it? I haven't been at one since Shizora Nusik. Have you not? No. Nope. So that was the back end of that. Well, yeah, it's been like nearly three months then. So, mm, nice. How are you, first of all? I'm all right, mate. I'm cracking on. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm all right, mate. Yourself? All good. All good. Just uh, can't complain, can we? Home life, lockdown. You know. Yeah, mate. It's just it's hard. It's tough. So sad what it's doing to a lot of people. Mate, I've seen it first on with certain members of my family and stuff. It's it's horrendous. But I'm not going to start going on about mental health and things like that because I'm not a professional and I don't know enough about it. And I'm just you know you're coping your own mechanisms the way you know best. So it is what it is. Everyone's tapping into mental health these days and using it as an excuse, I really believe. And I just think it's the wrong way to go. Uh, there is people out there genuinely suffering. Uh, and I've seen that close to home pretty recently first. So my first thing that I would say is I'm doing great, mate. I'm doing okay. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, boxing's obviously taken a little bit of break uh, this month uh, due to the, the pandemic situation, but it will return in the, the middle of next month, okay. which is uh, some sort of news. I'm not saying it's good news or anything, because there's obviously bigger it's things news. going on in the world. It's yeah, it's positive news for boxing anyway that it can return. Matchroom just announced recently their schedule for the first kind of quarter. Um, it, those fights, which ones do you kind of take your pick from, and uh, are you looking yeah. forward to Tony? Well, you look at the, the the first one up, which is Warrington. And you have a look at the fight, and, and we all know how good Josh Warrington is. He's one of the best in the world in his weight division, so we expect him to win it. While it's a decent fight on paper, you know, we expect him to come through with flying colours. Uh, next up, you'd have Avanison and Kelly. Uh, I, I don't want to speak too much about that because I just want to, I, I don't want to speak about it until I see them in the ring because <laughs> it's just back and forth. Yeah, much, we get that. Uh, it, it, it's a really good fight on paper. Uh, it's one I expect Kelly to win, but it's a really hard fight. Avanison is not uh, is not a soft touch for anyone. Uh, but in all honesty, Adam Booth very really makes mistakes with his matchmaking at this stage of a fighter's career. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, as I say. But I think Kelly does look like the real deal. He's just he's got to prove it. I don't think he performed at all well in America, uh, and I thought he was very fortunate with the decision that he got. I think it was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it drawn in the AJ card? It's Robinson, yeah. Yes, and I thought he was fortunate to get away with that, but everyone has off nights, and I believe that was definitely his off night. At his best, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's got a, a skill set that's very hard to beat, 
with explosive, powerful. He's got the full package, mate. Former GB kid, so he has that international amateur experience, pedigree behind him. It's a really good fight, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's just just get them in the ring. <laughs> That's the most important thing. After that, we come to Pavekin and White too, the the blockbuster of them all. Um, I pay of all the fights, of all the 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 matches that I've seen and all the other ones that, that I get being spoken about, this one is the one that excites me the most. This is the one where I think Dillian White can come into his own. Uh, one where I think he can get revenge and one where I think he will get revenge, but it's just it, it's been highlighted and shown now in that first fight, Cougs, that what can happen mate when you switch off for just one second and that's all as Dillian White was, you know, at at fault for doing, switching off for one second. Going low into the role, coming out looking for his own left hook and getting copped at the same time. Fighters got it happens all the time. Purely, I think the only reason why Dillian White got put out is because he doesn't see the punch coming. That's the one. That's the biggest factor in boxing. It's the one that you do not see. It's the one that puts you unconscious. So, I'm looking forward to that fight. A brilliant fight, and then obviously we've got Lawrence Coley versus Glavaki, Glavatsky, however you want to pronounce it. A tough guy, hard, hard as nails. Be interesting early does. But a cole he's got good power, mate. He's got fight ending power. He really has that right hand. This is a big, big weapon. His, his height, his size, and his reach are also big denominating factors in why he could be very useful at cruiserweight. Gavaski isn't the biggest test in the cruiserweight division. I think them biggest tests land with the likes of Marius Bredis and Alonga Makabu. I think they're the test. And Doughty Kosh should be, shouldn't be forgot about or slept on as well because he's a banger and he can punch and fight really well as well. But... There's so many good fights still in and amongst the cruiserweight division. Ilunga Makabu's put a few of them to bed recently. One of them's the unbeaten Russian. Uh, the other one was Dmitry Kudashayev, uh, who is who's absolute dynamite, mate. He renders him unconscious. So he's come through, you know, how many other fights since I defeated him. So there's, there's various shouts that can be made in the cruiserweight division. I just do believe Lawrence Coley is up there with them and he just needs his opportunity to prove it. This is his opportunity to prove it against Christoph Glavatsky. And then the final show announcing this immediate schedule from Metrum uh, is Conor Ben against uh, Samuel Vargas. Yes. Gannon Courtney's rematching Rachel Bourne, that card as well. So, yeah. Decent, uh, a decent first lineup for Metrum uh, for the first part of 2021. They're brilliant at what they're doing. I'm releasing these shows as at the end touched upon. Fighters, stay ready. No excuse, no excuses, Cougs. So they've got it there. Put to them on a plate. Just be ready. And also the the fighters out there that aren't scheduled on these cards, beware that there is pullouts. Stay in the gym. Stay ready. No excuses. Be ready at all times because your your opportunity could knock on the door. You you need to be ready. I say this to a couple of fighters I look after. Be prepared to take your opportunity. You know these shows are coming up. Days them dates are going to happen now. Them dates that are penciled in. You know be ready in and amongst for them dates. In anyone falls out, someone turns up at the at the stable with a COVID positive test. Be you know let me be able to go to Eddie and go Ed. I've got someone who wants to fill in here. Let's make this fight. I'd done it last time with Marcel. Sorry, not Marcel. <coughs> my bleeding nose. I'd done it last time with, with my fighter, Meshach Spear. <coughs> uh, and Meshach informed me that he was he was fit and he was in shape, but it works out that he wasn't. 
so and he paid dearly for that for having you know having his first loss so I tell them over and over again stay in the gym stay in shape you know and, and that's just how it goes Kane Baker facing me Shakespeare had that little the fight the week before yes it was a loss but he was obviously in a decent amount decent kind of shape me Shakespeare just needs a chance to, I'd like him to have a chance to avenge that but ultimately it comes down to staying in shape being ready at all times and then boxing it's not a, it's not a sport it's not a game it's not a hobby it's a way of life Coops. and if you don't want to live it don't do the sport simple as that that's the only thing I can explain to fighters I've got other fighters who, who are going to be out in and amongst them bills uh, Thomas Whittaker Hart will feature somewhere along the line uh, April Hunter is going to be on a show in April so uh, she's someone I'm excited about someone I'm happy to help and, and, and find an opportunity for I, I'm trying to push for Luke Willis he is me one who I want 9 and all lightweight would even fight at light welds, but I want him to have the right opportunity. Tricky southpaw can punch a bit. He just needs that breakthrough, and I'm trying my best, be pushing and pushing and pushing for him. But no one wants to fight him. It's it's a sad, sad situation. So we'll see, mate. I'll work something out for him. We've got Jazza Dickens, who's just won the MTK Golden Contract Final. I'm in negotiations for him. There's big news coming on him soon. He's got a massive, massive fight coming up. Uh, I just want to see the lad crown world champion. He deserves it more than anyone lives the sport lives the life everything I could ask for from a fighter Jazza Dickens is that that's the best way of explaining it everything I could possibly ask for he is it he is the dream person to, to manage to train whatever you want to do I'm not this big hands on manager who speaks to the fighter every day or his hat I just want to give opportunities and then I want them to manage themselves because I'm teaching fighters to learn this job while I'm, while I'm managing them because being totally honest, I don't want to be a manager. It's just a ball ache, and I have to ask people for head for favors sometimes. And and I've never asked anyone for anything in my life, ever. So you know, everything I've asked for, anything at times I've asked for favors of people, it, I, I'm giving something to them as well as them gaining something from me. It's never just been a one way road. Uh, so we'll see what we can do and I'm trying to help as many as I can as I say and I'm not going to I'm going to stop taking them on now at this moment because in this pandemic I don't think it's fair to them or it's fair to me because I can't deliver on the promises because there's not enough promises out there to deliver upon there's not enough opportunity out there to, to, to give these guys so I'm going to stick with the guys that I've got at the moment uh, you know Meshach Spear Jazza Dickens Luke Willis Thomas Wittaker Hart April Hunter Craig Glover I will not be moving from them and I'll you know, I will be doing everything I possibly can to benefit them and to help them along their way in this difficult period and in this difficult climate. To be honest, it seems like amongst them anyway, you've got your hands full anyway. Mate, the, the beyond full. <laughs> I'm carrying the washing up the stairs and it's above me head, it's over the top of me head and I can't see where I'm going. That's the best way of explaining it. Just coming back to... Uh... The, the matchroom schedule that was announced, um, obviously, yeah, the pick of them is Dillian White's rematch with, yeah. with Povetkin. Um, some comments from Eddie Hearn over the last week who's been very vocal about saying that if White comes through the Povetkin fight that he wants him to fight Deontay Wilder after that. What's your... What's your <laughs> to say, uh, it's a really good fight. Deontay Wilder's probably the most dangerous heavyweight in the world with just a punch but he's also the most 
limited heavyweight in the world with his actual technical boxing ability. So while I can understand why people would want to face him and why he looks like a good matchup, I also think be careful what you wish for with someone like him. You know, it's 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 a it's a tough one. I I don't like that fight for Dillian. If I'm being totally honest, I think there's better styles and better fights for Dillian out there than Deontay Wilder. But he'll make his mind up. He'll make his own decision on that on which way it should go. But he's got one man and one man only on his mind right now. Dillian White. I'm pretty sure, and that's Alexander Povetkin. You, you can't be thinking of anything else besides revenge, mate. After that, Pavekin fight's over. He might even have issues after the Pavekin fight, Googs, because who knows what the Pavekin rematch says. He might be getting this Pavekin rematch, but Pavekin might have a clause in now because he, he's doing the second fight. I don't know if he loses it. it. It's just it's a it's a nightmare. And anything can happen in that division. Do you know, I, I think Dillian was one punch away from, from beating Pavekin. He's dropped him twice. It's about to stop him quicker than anyone's ever stopped him before. He's performing brilliantly, and then he just elapses concentration. One second, and it's over. He just goes into the to the role, looks down, is about to exchange left hooks, and just gets clipped with a shot that he does not see. Uh, it's just it's devastating. But I have all faith and confidence in Dillian White that he'll return the win. But he, but believe you me, mate, his career is on the line going into that fight. Break. Benefit more white or protecting in this situation because the fight was meant to have taken place back in November. Obviously, between that and March is a good four or five months. Mm. Who does it benefit more? Neither, because both are getting on. Both aren't young men anymore. Both are not learning. Googs, to be honest, very very little improvements will be shown in, the, in either fighter. If anything, Dillian because he's so. I don't want to say new to the job, but he, Dillian is still learning. Dillian is still progressing, so the, the the break will benefit Dillian a little bit more when I think about it, because Pavekin is seasoned. Pavekin is not. If anything, Pavekin is declining rather than going up. So you know, it, this will benefit Dillian White. Looking at it from that kind of perspective, uh, very very marginally. You know, Dillian lives living out in Portugal, training like a demon isolating himself away from everything and everyone no distractions the once again a perfect fighter you know living the life it uh, as Dillian will tell you when when this is all over Dillian will tell you I lived the life I was a, a strict devout soldier and that's what he is mate he goes out to camp and he does it right I think the only boxers that he has to tick now is making sure that, that Spartan is of the highest caliber of, a, of he can possibly get because that, in my opinion, that's the reason why Anthony Joshua's rose to the levels that he's rose to so quickly. It's the only way he could possibly do it. You know, Anthony Joshua has become undisputed, unif well, unified heavyweight champion of the world in, in a record number of fights. And it's not because of the actual fights, it's because of the ground and that he's had on his way through them fights. So it's everything that he's done in the gym. It's the camps, it's the coach that he's got in Robert McCracken. Anthony Joshua's been fighting, sparring with world-class fighters for since the, since the minute he finished them Olympic Games. And that has stood him in great stead. That's why he can deal with the pressure. That's why he can deal with the styles. Look at how many different styles he's fought. Southpaws, punches, you know, short, stout people, big, tall, long people. He, he finds a way to deal with all of them. It's, he's not like Tyson Fury, who's been fighting since he was about six. He's been fighting for, how old was AJ when he, when he first started fighting? Was he 20 something, 18, 20, somewhere like that? Maybe. Quite late on in comparison to 
That's like, what I'm saying. Like, to Tyson Fury. So he's someone who's learning on the job, but he's been able to learn so good because he's had such good grounding from the people before him. And his trainer has always made sure that he keeps growing and improving and improving and improving. No matter what level AJ performs at, he's always improving and he's always getting better. You know, there was things in the Kubra Pula fight where I go, needs to address that. The fact of that he went in for the kill and went to finish him and got tired and needed, needed a couple of rounds extra to get a second wind. But then there's other fights where they go, wow, he's massively improved and he, the penny's finally dropped that he needs to embrace the endurance parts of the game in the Andy Ruiz fight. So as I say, he keeps improving, whereas with someone like Fiori, we know what he brings to the table, we know what he is. He's such a brilliant fighter and we know his strengths and we know his weaknesses. It's mad because there's not let many levels of improvement for Tyson Fiori. We know what he can do, Kooks, and we know how good he is. But with Anthony Joshua, he just keeps going up and up and up and up and up because of purely that limited amount of time he's had to spend learning his craft early on. Tyson Fury's been learning since he was six years old, mate. So he's the, he's the complete finished article. He is what he is. You still uh, stick by your thoughts yes. about who wins this? You've kind of said the same thing mm. over the last... Since the start. Yeah. I just think he's the, the, the style is... is for Anthony Joshua is he's the only man capable of doing it I don't see anybody in the world being able to the biggest thing is for for Tyson Fury I, I do believe he's got six rounds to do it by the way once it goes past six you're not going to figure Tyson Fury out it's over your chances are done the thing with Tyson Fury is to beat a man like him you've got to be athletically gifted enough to get close to him that's the first thing because he, he's such a brilliant at what, he's so brilliant at what he does his, his footwork and his movements is second to none he's got feet like a light cruiserweight even maybe a heavy head, light heavyweight. He's just, his footwork is that good and his movements. His natural tenacity to fight is there. He doesn't, he's not scared of getting punched, Tyson Fury. So his fluidity and his relaxation once he's in the inside is unlike any other heavyweight I've seen for the last 10 years. Heavyweights usually get inside Cougs and the first thing they do is tense up and want to tie you up, hold, or just, it, it's it's a tense and it's, 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 it's a, bobbing, weaving. I've seen Tyson Fury with his hands by his side doing this, slip and slide, moving around. I haven't seen a heavyweight do that for many, many years, but he does it, and he does it really well. Don't get me wrong, yes, we've seen vulnerabilities, we've seen him on the floor, we've seen him down, we've seen him out on his back, and then rise like the fucking Undertaker and get back up and carry on. But ultimately, he has that relaxation in his game. This is another reason why he doesn't really get tired in fights. The math, that, that's the major factor of why I don't see anybody beating him after it goes past six rounds. Tyson Fury isn't going to tire. Do you know why he's not going to tire? Because he's so relaxed during the fight. It's different for AJ at this stage. I think that can come in later, but it's going to take a lot more work for that kind of relaxation to come in when you're actually fighting. Touching on why do I think AJ beats him, purely at the fact of this, he, can, he is going to get close. He is explosively quicker than Fury. He is going to get... There's no two ways about it. He's going to get close. I don't care what anybody says. He's going to get close and he's going to land. And when he lands, I think I see him putting Tyson Fury over. Add to that the fact he's the, he's the best finisher in the heavyweight division in the world right now. I don't think there's a better finisher than Anthony Joshua. When he gets someone hurt, he takes them out. He finishes them off. Putting all that together, I just think he will catch Fury and he will finish him. But he better get it done in six rounds, in my opinion, because after them six rounds are up, me, you're in a world of shit. So, how convinced are you that he does do it in six rounds then? I think he has to do it. That's why I think he wins. Because I just think T Tyson Fury is, is, is 
looking at the style, whichever style he implements, to face Anthony Joshua, and I think it will be one. I'm not going to be saying something so stupid as he's going to fight fire with fire because only a fool would do that against Anthony Joshua. But what he will do, he will he will try and implement a, a little bit of front foot pressure, like he did to Deontay Wilder. He didn't. He didn't meet Deontay Wilder head on. That's stupid. You know, everyone's saying, "Oh, in the rematch, he met him head." He didn't meet him head on. He he engaged slowly with a with a front foot and put pressure on Deontay Wilder. But he didn't walk him down and just start tanking him from the way go. He, you know, he was very wise when Deontay Wilder loaded up. Boom! He tucked up. He slipped. He slided. Then he then he put the weight on him. That's the biggest thing that he done in the first few rounds. He didn't start trading with him. When Deontay Wilder was throwing crazy right hands, he went standing there going, I'm throwing back, I'm going to knock it out. He just let him have his little go. Then he tied him up and leaned on him. Very clever. Brilliant tactics from Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder in that rematch. As the rounds were going, you could physically see Deontay Wilder falling apart physically kooks and all he done was capitalize on what he could do i said and i was one of very few just look at me comments before the deontay wilder rematch i said the minute that first fight finished tyson fury will stop him even quicker in a rematch he will just pick off where he pick up where he left off in the first fight i kept saying it and saying it and no one was listening in the end of that first fight with Deontay Wilder, when everyone's going on about the knockdown how he rose like the undertaker everyone's kind of forgot what happened when he got up Everyone just thinks, oh, he got up, and that was the end of the fight. He didn't just get up. He got up off the floor, and he come close to stopping Deontay Wilder. Just watch the first fight back. All the answers to the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury rematch was at the end of the first fight. He gets off the floor, and he just knocks ten bells out of Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's in a, in a state of shock. He doesn't know what's happened or how this fellow's got up because he's caught him as clean as he possibly can. One with the right hand and the second one with the left hook as he was on his way down. His back of his head's hit the floor when he's on the floor and he's still found a way to get up. This is what I'm talking about now. And 90% of the other heavyweights in the world would have been wise enough to go, right, I've just hit him here. It doesn't matter how he's got up and what he looks like when he's up. Tyson Fury goes at Deontay Wilder now. This is the first time in the fight where he's, he's actually trading with Deontay Wilder. But Deontay Wilder is now that exhausted and physically doesn't got a clue what to do because this man's all over him. If, if Imagine Anthony Joshua drops you like that in that 12th round. Do you really think you're going to be able to carry on? We've seen what he done with Klitschko when he drops him late on in the round. I think it was the 11th. We've seen what he done with him. And that's someone who's technically very good at surviving. Someone who can keep you away when he's hurt at his best. He goes and he finds a way to get rid of you. And, and that's the difference where I see AJ will get his opportunity, mate. And he will land and he will hurt him. And then he will. He just, he, he's got the speed. He's got the, the technical ability to carry on and go with it. There's been numerous fights over the years that have dropped Tyson Fury, like Steve Cunningham. Dropped him, but then you, 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 you mystify by his size and his approach and what to do. And you, you, you're lost. So by the um, you know thirty seconds passes a minute passes your opportunity's gone. Anthony Joshua's not allowing that to happen. I just don't see it. I just see him landing something heavy, and getting on with it. And I, I think it has to be in them first six rounds. And I think it will. I'll stand by that 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 statement, mate. I really will. And even though I get so much stick for it because they think I'm mates with it, I say it because I'm mates with AJ. Yeah, I get on great with AJ. I get on great with Tyson Fury. He might not feel like that, but I do. I've known him a lot longer than I've known AJ. It's just my opinion. My opinion doesn't mean jack shit when the fucking bell goes, mate. 
they what will be will be it's just my opinion of a while it's me trying to break down a fight and think of how i think it will happen i'm not emotionally involved in any way shape or form i just look at fights and break them down and that's my opinion on the fight i've given it on many other fights before where people go oh, i can see your point now i can see it but so many people are now emotionally involved in this it's like oh you've got to be fury or you've got to be joshua no just break a fucking fight down and tell me his strengths his weaknesses his attributes to his attributes just just look at it like that and it's, it's not hard to figure out mate you know it's not who had the more impressive win over Klitschko it depends what how, how you're defining the most because one man's got a knockout win yes, one I'm man's not. got a knockout win one man's got a win on points in a really really close dull fight and one man did it first before the other person as well. Correct. But zero, virtually zero damage was incurred in that win for Klitschko. Do you think Klitschko took any damage at all in that Fury fight? It's not like he lost to Fury and got absolutely blasted and smoked and beat up for 12 rounds, is it? He was just in a really close, horrible fight to watch. Yeah, I understand the point you're saying. Um, His face was much worse after the AJ fight, mate. And I guarantee you that. Yeah, he's banged up, smashed up in that fight. Dropped two or three times. He was he knew he was never the same after that fight. That's the reason why he's come back and carried on. And he, and he obviously thinks Klitschko that he was going to beat Anthony Joshua. We all remember the uh, I'll show you the pen drive that we never ever seen in the end. All that can talk, but it's a good question, and I see where you're going with it. Who beat him better? In my opinion, it's not about who beat him better. Once again, it's a Styles make fight. It's a Styles make the fight kind of answer, and AJ style. Is, is, is going to be much more easier to watch on the eye than Fury's is. Doesn't mean that he's a worse or, or a better fighter than he is. It just means that's your style. You make work for you. It's like saying, Coogs, you know, who who's who beat... Who could I put into this equation? Yeah. There's people who, you know, look at Mike Tyson. How Mike Tyson defeated people. Is it better than the way Lennox Lewis defeated people? It's a totally different styles, totally different comparisons, two totally different people. You know, I I would I prefer Mike Tyson over Lennox Lewis, but I think Lennox Lewis is a better fighter than Mike. It's mad. I can't. It's just styles make fights, mate, and it's what you actually like. The way he took Klitschko apart was unbelievable, and we also have to remember he was very close to knocking Klitschko out in the fifth round. Uh, when he hit him with that uppercut on his neck, went the length of a giraffe. Was just was crazy, but then also he gets put in. Was it the third round, or then he gets those down the fifth? I can't remember exactly. Such an such an exciting fight! It was brilliant to watch back and forth, uh, young line against the old line. And yes, I fully get it with the Klitschko thing and the Fury thing. But you have to remember in that Klitschko and that Fury fight, you know, if Fury didn't get that decision that day. Would that have been a big shock? Would that have been clear? Because I've seen bigger robberies in Germany, and so have you. So, would it have been a big thing if the went Klitschko's retained his title? He didn't, but it wouldn't have been, would it? Because it was a close fight. I think Fury won 100%. I think he beat Klitschko, but he beat him in the most dullest, worst performance of a, of one of the heavyweight titles I've seen. He just he he beat him at his own game. The reason we all wanted Klitschko out the sport was the reason that he got beat. It's mad because the man just. Kept pouring, 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 keeping him off, touching him, touching him, touching him. Nothing really happened. It's, it's a mad, mad fight. I mean, I think I've watched it back twice since it happened. 
and, and I want the 36 minutes back two times that I watched it so uh, but as I said before don't take anything away from Tyson Fury the man's a brilliant fighter and what he does in boxing is what all kids should be taught if I was teaching a kid to fight and I wanted to to make a boxer I don't want to make him like Anthony Joshua I'm sorry even though I think he's brilliant and it's amazing I want to make him like Tyson Fury because he takes such little damage so you know once again I'm, I'm kind of crossing I'm, I'm, I'm saying one thing but that's what I'm you'd want him to be like the art of boxing Coogan is to hit and not get hit well it's the Floyd Mayweather syndrome Fury gets hit a lot, lot a lot less than Joshua so you know once again how, how, how do you want to pick it up you know what I mean it's it, I suppose it comes down to once again what do you actually prefer who do you genuinely believe is the better of the two who do you think is going to win who's going to prevail ultimately none of us know nothing until they get in the ring I've heard all the tacticians, I've heard all the great boxing historians talk about what can happen, this happens, that. Mate, we don't know. We don't know. We've all got an opinion, but at the same time, we've all got an arsehole. And arseholes are exactly the same as opinions. Everyone. Everyone's got one, mate. So, are, you, are you convinced that the fight will take place this year? Yes, 100%. That fight will happen. It has to happen, Googs. Has to happen for the for the sake of boxing, because now the Floyd's gone, and we've kind of lost that. We haven't lost it because Canelo's a huge draw. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, people can say what they want about him, but the guy's a monster draw. So we haven't just lost. We haven't lost, you know, a massive pay per view draw. We've got Canelo. We've got Joshua. The two biggest draws in boxing right now. Uh, but these have to fight the best guys. Canelo obviously just proves it every time. The guy just faces anyone. I, I can't explain. I, I don't understand. I, I can't explain him. That's the top and bottom of Canelo. I can't explain it. The guy's defeated the Ring Magazine champion, a light heavyweight. On his off now to Super Middleweight, defeats another Ring Magazine champion. He's defeated the Ring Magazine champion. I've never seen what this guy's done in my old life of boxing. He's defeating Ring Magazine champions. Now, don't get me wrong. I've never seen such mad emphasis placed on the Ring Magazine title since... Fury was was the Lanil champion. I've never seen before Fury mentioned it. Before ever, did we ever even mention the word Lanil champion, Cooks? Because I never, I'm, I I class myself as someone yeah, who understands yeah. and knows boxing. I really do. I've been studying the sport for my whole life. I'd never even paid attention to the word Lanil heavyweight champion until it was after Fury defeated Klitschko. Okay, so now this boy is coming along just defeating Laniel champions at each weight and just just doing it with, with ease and I can't explain how he's doing it. So, you know, I don't know. And he's a massive draw and he's amazing at what he does. You know, the mad part is he's unbelievable. I, I can't this I can't take anything away from his boxing ability. Absolutely anything. All I can do is praise light and praise praise him and and shine light on, on Canelo as an actual fighter. People know my opinion on what's going on with him in the other in the other things, but as a fighter, he's phenomenal. He is phenomenal, mate. So it boxing, they they need to, them two fighters I've just mentioned, AJ and Canelo. And, and why not stick Fury up there? Fury's a massive personality in boxing. Okay, the numbers that he draws in might not be great. That's not what matters at the minute. It's his actual how he's taken in by people and he's been taken in by millions. 
millions of people that bought into his story, that bought into his persona and his character, and that's what's so endearing about it's not the way he fights. It's definitely not the way he fights. Because when he fights no one no one cares. No one likes watching it. I'm sorry to say that's just the way it is. Uh, the what are you talking about Tarzan Fury? Yeah. The Deontay Wilder fight, the rematch, is the most exciting fight of his whole career. How many fights has he had now, do you know? That's a lot of fights. Really? 30, and to be in such a great fight like that after only this many fights in your career, it shows you, you know. But he, then again, he might be changing his style. His styles make fights. He's doing it to suit himself. Uh, so let's just put them three names out there in the bracket. They're the guys that have got to save boxing. Them two names together are the biggest fights in boxing right now. Fury and AJ, so it has to be made. Outside of them two, then you've got the likes of your Canelo. He's just a massive, massive draw. Then there's other fights that can create that that can that create massive hype. So the likes of Terence Crawford against Errol Spence. You know, I think Crawford's right up there with the best. Usyk's right up there with the best. Lomachenko's right up there with the best. I want to see Tiafimo Lopez against the the very best possible opponent. You know, seeing out there that that division is just on fire at the minute. But we need to have them big names face each other to keep boxing where it is because let me tell you mate other sports are growing at a rapid rate and other sports like MMA and UFC are showing us the way of how to grow we're at a platform at the minute where we're stuck it's because of this pandemic it's a massive part of it but we need to start growing our sports again and making us aware of these great champions that lightweight division is just begging to be opened up mate Imagine sticking them four four fighters in a tournament or five of them. It would just be it would just be unbelievable. You know, Lomachenko, Devin Haney, Tiafimo Lopez, Garcia. You could stick five or six of them in there and just let them all knock for. I mean he's an absolute animal inmate. I swear to god, I can't see past that little beast. He is just an animal. I haven't seen power like him since Nassim Ahmed at that weight division in and amongst that weight division I haven't seen one punch power like that since Hamed he is just ferocious that up because he had Leo Santa Cruz with me I'm telling you now to knock the middleweight out there and the kid he's just he's, he's so short and small but he has such ferocious power he's so exciting to watch I'm so excited to see his next fight uh, so yeah mate we just need the sport we need to we need to create more hype and buzz in, this, in these fighters because boxing is the best sport in the world. You know, I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a huge fan of the UFC and mixed martial arts. There's so many ways to lose. The fighters are not down and out when they when they lose a fight. You know, they all come back. The backstory on each and every fighter is immense. It's brilliant. The production with all of it is amazing. But understand this: nothing touches people like a boxing match because there's only one way to lose, mate, and that's by getting punched in the face. There's no difficulty understanding it. There's no what's going to happen now when these two guys are rolling on the floor. No, it's just two guys stand up and they punch each other with the fists. And it, it, it makes for the most enticing watching, exciting watching in the world. What did you make of Kovalev's recent situation? I've heard about but I don't pay that much attention to social media anymore, mate. I put my stuff out there and then I try and jump off it before I start arguing with people. What's he done? I, he streamed the fight, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his okay. failed drugs test. Well, this the first I've heard. Really? This the first I've heard. What's he failed? When, did, when was this? Um, 
not long ago, like a week ago, uh, tested positive for a synthetic testosterone. So uh, from Vada. Anyone who fails for the test that have injected steroids, just ban them for life. If you failed and you've had steroids injected into you, ban them for life. If he's took something over the counter, a, a banned substance over the counter in a drink or something, I'm not saying you're right. I, I have leniency towards you. He needs a ban, a six month ban. But if you've had steroids injected into you, ban them for life. And I like Sergei. I know Sergei. I've met him a few times, been in the company a few times. Shocked at that. But as I've said before, I don't care if you're my friend or not. If you've had steroids injected into you, you need ban them for fucking life because you're putting fighters' lives at risks. Whether you're my friend, whether you're not my friend, I do not care. As I said, people go, oh, well, you know, you had the thing with Billy Joe. I would absolutely have put my life on it. Billy Joe was not like, fuck all, zero injected into him. A fucking nasal spray that he sniff or something like that. I don't even know, but I know the person Billy is. So when people come to me and say, oh, it's all if it's your friend or whatever have you, I was adamant and I stuck right by Dillian White. The minute that that person disgraced his name and said he failed the drug test, I was furious and I stood by because I knew. And you just Sometimes you just know pooks. And it could have to come back. Dillian White hadn't failed the drug test. A, a dosage so small up here. He, he, had, he actually had Varda back him up. Since when have a drug organisation backed you up and said it's not possible that he could fail a test and then the next day be clean? So, you know. And then also you've got... I've lost a lot of respect for UCAD over the years with the way they're doing things. I've been tested by UCAD over 100 times. Never failed one test. But the, but the, the layouts and how they're leaking information is a disgrace. And it's wrong what they're doing. When someone fails a drug test... You've got the evidence right in front of you. Release it. Show it. Don't give it to some journalist, some snivelling journalist who's going to release a story and then it works out it's not true and then tarnishing a man's career. Because when you throw enough mud, some of it will stick. It ruins careers. It's sad. So, you know, someone like Varda, if you, see, if you watch how Varda behave, you just don't care. You fail a drug test. Just come out and say, mate, you fail the drug test. There's all the substances. Bang, bang, bang. You're banned for two years by us. Varda, just do it. Why don't you, Cad? Why you had all, oh, you know, they've penned the legal action. If they failed the drug test, they failed the drug test, just come out and say it. Post what they've failed for and do it. But they don't. They don't do it, Cougs. Varda do. But you can't don't. So, shocked about that with Kovalev. The first of it. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know about it because it, it was around a week ago. It was around this time last week, actually. Andrew, you know what? I've had other things going on in my life, mate, that I just haven't paid boxing much attention. Really important things. So, you know, that's it, mate. Um, going back to Canelo, it does look likely that Canelo obviously will fight his uh, mandatory yield rim at the end of next month and then. Are you shitting me? What's that? Are you shit me, Yildrums is mandatory. Oh, Tony, yes. You I didn't know it was as mandatory. I mean, I seen they were scheduled to fight before Callum, and then it just got brushed aside. Yes. I thought he was just keeping him for a tune-up. How is he a mandatory? He's Who a is man he beating? Yeah, yeah. Who's he beating? Avini Yildrum. Is his mandatory? He that fight is going to get announced in the next couple of days. I'm assuming uh, on the 27th or 8th of February, and then. Billy Joe at the moment looks like to be the front runner to the fight that that boy can have, and he's fighting Yildirim. I mean, I'm not messing when I say this. 
he'd beat Yeldrum with a blindfold on. I'm not joking. I'm not laughing, I'm not joking. He beat him with a blindfold on. Um, That's how pointless that fight is. But as I, I can't knock him as, as a fighter, mate. He's, he's, he's fantastic at what he does. It's going to take a, a, a momentous effort to beat that boy. And I can I can say styles that I think will give him trouble and stuff like that, but to actually beat him, loads of people are going to give him trouble purely because of his size. But well, yeah, twenty seventh twenty seventh of Feb that could be promoted by uh, Matchroom as well. Um, yeah, well, he's, he's got his own promotional company now, hasn't he? So they're working with Matchroom, and he's in conjunction with Eddie. So once again, Eddie's got the keys to the castle, mate. He got a platform like the Zone. Unbelievable platform. Full credit to him for what he's done with it because it's just, it seems to be growing and growing and growing and getting better and better. Mm. But after that Yildrim fight for the Cinco de Mayo weekend in May, uh, which yeah, he always fights on, um, well, it didn't last year, but due to the pandemic, Billy Joe Saunders is very close love to the love, love, love to see Billy get that. Billy's Billy deserves a shot. Really does. Brilliant fighter, Billy Joe Saunders. Brilliant fighter. On his day, mate, the Billy can cause anyone problem. Billy can Billy can beat the best of them on his days. On his day, he really, really can. Including Canelo, mate. He could if Billy on his day could beat anyone. That amateur ped skill set, that style. This your face seems to have froze. Don't start this now. No, it's, it's all right. You're back. You're back. That throw. So, Billy on his day could beat anyone, Coogan. Your internet connection is unstable. Why is my internet connection unstable? Fuck off. We've been through this perfectly now. Okay. No, so it's fine, it's fine. Billy Joe Saunders, Billy Joe Saunders, Coogs could beat anybody on his day. He's that good. Technically, he has everything. And then he's everyone's worst nightmare because he's a fucking southpaw. He's brilliant at what he does. I can't, exp I can't credit him highly enough. Don't get me wrong, he's not the favourite going into the Canelo fight. Of course he's not. But I'll tell you something, mate. He's got enough time to prepare. He's got his mindset on it. He takes himself away from distractions. That's the biggest thing for Billy. I know Billy quite well. Used to be with him on squads and stuff like that in the GB setup. And I've always got on great with him. His dad's a diamond of a fella. Lovely man. Lovely family. Uh you take him away from all distractions and just take him to a place where he, all he's got to focus on is Canelo, believe you me, mate, he will be one of the biggest tests of Canelo's career. He really will. He is that good. It's just the way he'll approach the fight. He'll approach the fight and he won't give a shit about Canelo. He will go in there and look to put on a masterclass. And, and he's so good at doing it. Think about the performance we've seen against David Lemieux. Times that by two. Because that's what you'll get. The better the fighter, the better Billy will perform. The more fear in Billy, the better Billy will perform. That he's just—he has such great, great technical ability, mate, and his footwork is fantastic. Tony, the just moving on from that, mm. the whole Kelbrook Amir Khan saga seems to have been resurfaced. Resurfaced, yeah. Uh, I think they've right. both come out recently and said that they might be able to take in that fight. If it don't happen this year, I mean, oh, we've been talking about this fight for the last... It's going to be... Uh, do you remember that film with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence? Life, it's going to end up being like that. Life! Upper room! <laughs> uh, what did you say, motherfucker? 
Yeah, it's going to end up being like that. I hope it does get made for, for both of the sakes because it would be a sad shame to have another Witted and Hatton kind of thing going on. So I, I was going to say that. Witted and Hatton is the best example of that. The fight it would be very, made. very sad and be, be a, a, a crying shame to, to not see it. Uh, yeah, I hope he's do see it. And I hope the two of them make a shitload good on them. So I can be a I like Kel. So, you know, I think two of them are really good fighters. Uh, I've both seen better days, but, you know, why not close the show against either one? I think it'd be a fitting way to go on a big, big domestic stage. Still fills the stadium in Britain, I think. But then again, what do we do? Do we wait for the pandemic to pass? Do we wait for the stadium to start getting full? If we do, it's another year on. You just don't know, Cougs. It's such uncertain time. But one thing that I can guarantee is without each other, they're only getting half of what they get against each other. For, that goes for both fighters, by the way. Mm. Half of what they're getting to face, they're only going And that's in a big fight, by the way. That's if one of them takes a... So, Kel took on Terence Crawford last. Amir took on Terence Crawford a while back, I think. Uh, and they'll only get that amount facing another fighter of the calibre of Terence Crawford. So he would have to... Amir would probably have to face someone like Errol Spence. And then Kel would have to face someone like a... I don't know, mate. He would probably even have to go up and wait. And I would say someone like... What's the twins' his names? Charlo. The Charlos. You'd have to face one of them Charlos. And that's the only way you get a good few quid. And then by facing each other, you'll get double what you get to face either one of them. So it makes sense. You've got to. There's nowhere left to go now. You've both ran the road. You've just you've got each other, and that's it, mate. Um, Chris Eubanks just recently signed with Callis Island. I did uh, see that. Yeah, I did now. I did see that. I'm not that far behind. So recently, I, I did an interview with Chris Eubank, and uh, I mentioned some names to him that Callis Island had mentioned to me that fights they're looking for with Eubank this year. And he mentioned uh, Kel Brook. He mentioned Liam Williams. Uh, Eubank referred to both those fights as warm-up fights. Says <laughs> <laughs> the right things to get people's back up, doesn't it? He's been talked about so much between now. Kel Brook come out recently and put a tweet out, but Liam Williams has been very vocal about that. Yeah, he, he doesn't really, really doesn't like him. I like Liam Williams. He's pretty, he seems pretty real, doesn't he? Uh, Eubank's still... Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Listen, mate, he's even a anyone's a good fight. He's a draw, then, mate. He's a draw because because he, he he gets you back up, like I've just said. Just the minute you said him, and then what he, what he said to you about Kel, it gets you back up, doesn't it? And I'm just a spectator looking from the he outside. Knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He knows, he knows, exactly what, what, he knows what he's doing, mate. He's uh, he's got some of his father's greatest qualities, uh, uh, but. Yeah, Kel Brook's not a warm-up fight for anyone. Don't make no mistake about that. Neither is Liam Williams, really. No, neither is Liam Williams. Of course, he's not. But you know, at the at the at the caliber, he's mixed that. He's mixed at a better caliber than Liam Williams. And a so, former world champion, legitimate world champion. Of course, with his win over Sean Porter, you know. Yeah. So, he, but he's mixed at a. Who are you talking about now? Kel Brook. So, I'm talking about Liam Williams. So I'm saying, in regards to Liam Williams, he's mixed at a higher level than Liam Williams is mixed at. Do you understand what I mean? What? Uh, who? Yeah, you. Bank has yes. He's faced and beaten a fighter. You know, you can say whatever you want. James was way past over the hill. James was finished when Newbank Junior beat, but he still has that win. When it comes to Kel, Kel's been on the highest of stages, so it's 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 insulting to say that. He shouldn't have said that. Old Liam Williams, never mind Kel Brook. That's what I'm trying to get to. Mm. Uh, but we'll see. As I say, these guys in the twilight of the career. 
Eubank makes statement, statements like that to, to do exactly what he's just done here to get us talking. I and mean, it, it, it's, it it's working. Yes, of course. Yeah, no, I was making reference to Kell Brook, obviously. If, if Chris Eubank Jr. fought Kell Brook, it would be the biggest blockbuster fight of his career, mate. And it would not be a warm-up fight, believe you me. It would not be a warm-up. And he would not prepare for it like it was a warm-up fight. Because when fighters prepare for fighters like it's a warm-up fight, uh, you know, they usually seem not to be training correctly or taking them seriously. He would train like an animal. And to be fair, he is a really good athlete, Chris Eubank Jr. That's his greatest asset, mm. how much of an athlete he is. Okay. Well, listen, Tony, I appreciate your time. Have you got anything else you'd like to say? Have you got a book coming out? Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's on its way up and, and we're about to do it. So uh, everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face and everyone keeps going on to me. That's Mike Tyson's quote. Well, fucking hell, sorry to disappoint you all, but it's actually not. Uh, Mike just made it more famous than the great Joe the Brown Bomber Lewis did. Uh, so it's been getting set for a long time. I like the quote purely based on the fact of it's very, very real and true. And I tell you that from experience. I've had loads of plans going into a boxing ring, but the minute they've punched me in the face, mate, it's all changed. It's happened in life quite a few times as well. I had loads of plans when I left school, well, when I was expelled from school. Uh, loads of plans going forward. And funny enough, none of them plans followed through. They all went a different path. Instead of going that way to the goal, I ended up going this way, that way, that way, this way, that way, that way, this way, there, and I got there in the end. So uh, I don't know, mate, yet, but I've, I've put pen to paper on this book. Uh, it's been like therapy to be honest Cooks, that's the best way to explain it I've, I've never really reflected on my life and how I've got to where I've got uh, these last few months of talking about how I've got there and the way I've done it this isn't a book about my, my life and my autobiography because I don't think I'm anyone special, what I think that I have done that is a little bit special is my mindset of overcoming things that have come, happened in my life so how I've, how I've found a way to turn the negative into a positive, how I've found a way to just keep going when everything's been against me, how the fact I've, I've figured a way around the obstacles that have, that have come to me. And I do think that's a pretty good strength that I've had. And if I could help people and show them how I've done it and how I've, how I've navigated my way through it, then I think that's a good thing. It's a positive thing, really. Like I said, I'm no one special. I'm the same as everybody else out there. But I've encountered some very fucking crazy things and I've encountered many difficult things. But I've always found a way to get over them and get through them. And uh, that's what I've done, mate. So I think it'll make for a good read. Uh and I've had, you know, an amazing career with what I've done. I've I, done everything I set out to do in the world of professional boxing. And, and that doesn't mean that uh, it was hard, it was whatever. It's just that I've, I've had to overcome certain things in, in certain parts of my life, uh, as everyone else has in their own way. But mine just meant that I ended up rising to the top of world boxing and becoming a world champion and then being in mega fights uh, with mega fighters and big ass celebrities and being in a Rocky movie and encountering different people and atmospheres and surroundings and navigating my way through all that. It's mad. So as I said, re reflecting on my life has been crazy. But as I said before, this isn't an autobiography. This isn't about my upbringing and my childhood because that's just the same as everyone else's. It, 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 but what, I, what people haven't got the same as me is them experiences of getting through their moments at the highest scale with the world looking at you with everyone watching to see your reaction to see how you go and how you get through it so they're the things that are very uh, individualistic to me 
Well, we we'll look forward to the development of that. Keep yeah, we'll see how it goes, lads. No, my luck, they'll probably just say, yeah, we're not doing it now after being there for six months, so you never know. Whatever whatever makes people happy, mate, but just whatever gets you through. Um, Tyson Fury has just posted this. What's he posted? You can hear it. Hey, the Gypsy King, the heavyweight champion of the world. Yes! Just got the phone from Sugar Hill Stewart in America. We're going to smash AJ. One round, two rounds, three rounds, done. Can't wait. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. He looks great. Well, yeah. To be fair, he looks great. But he's training, so yeah. He's where? No, I've said he's been training. He's he's oh, training. So is Jay. Mate, he looks a picture of health. Uh, the goatee is very similar to Mankind's from the wrestling. Many years ago, it's a brilliant goatee. He's got Mister Soho. Mankind. Uh, remember him? Yeah, well, he looks he looks fantastic, mate. I I think Tyson Fury should be credited with the the way he's transformed his life back round. I think it's a brilliant story and a brilliant tale. Uh, and I only wish him well, mate. Top fella. Uh, nice another person with a nice family. Lovely, lovely people. I've spent time around them over the years. Good, good people. Okay. Well, Tony, thank you very much again. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at some point in the matchroom, Sky Sports bubble, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully Maybe. we'll see you then. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Have you watched Have you watched The Godfather of Harlem? No, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Robert uh, Forrest Whitaker. Very good. Is it? Just finished it, yeah. is, It's about Bumpy Johnson, isn't it? Yes, Bumpy Johnson. And it's about Bumpy Johnson, but it's also a lot about Malcolm X as well. It's like... Is Bumpy Johnson and his, does his relationship with Frank Lucas play a part? Not yet. Ah, right, okay. I'll have a look Barnes it. isn't in it, or... Frank Lucas, he, but that, there's a new season coming out, so maybe so it's only a matter of time till they form the way through. But then Bumpy goes once Nicky Barnes, and I think he'll come in, isn't it? I never ever see, I never ever read up and look what happened to Nicky Barnes because he is a uh, after Frank Lucas goes. I wonder what, he must have took over. Yeah. I would, I would imagine there are documentaries on Nicky Barnes. He was played yes, by uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., wasn't he? Yes, he was, uh, yeah. yes, one of the best films I've seen of the last. Decade, I would say that that movie, and absolutely unbelievable. One of the great stats of all time. I, I've seen the picture that someone put on social media. Someone sent me and said, "Watch your picks," and it was very. There was some unbelievable actors, and it was so hard. But if I remember correctly, man was five six nine. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Denzel. Yeah. I just I couldn't see how anyone could see any different. But then, such amazing actors. You know, Tom Hanks, oh, mate, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I'll tell you, he's a very underrated actor, in my opinion, and I, I think he's a brilliant actor, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I think he's been in a lot of good films, Mark. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think Dwayne Johnson's fantastic and done brilliant, considering where he's come from and what he's done to get to the levels of stardom he has is unbelievable. But for me, that Mark Wahlberg, something else. Good on them all, lads. Listen, they're all brilliant. I love watching films, I love watching TV. Uh, and now I've got to get off here, mate, because now I've got to the tea to cook. It's five to four, and I've got to start tip, tipping points on as well, lads. So, you know, don't miss tipping points. You crack on. Tony Bailey, thank you very much for talking to Eiffel TV. We'll definitely catch up with you again soon. Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks for listening to the Eiffel TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. 
Social Podcast Network.